0: Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode: voice acting and animation.
1: It's all subconscious. This is subconscious marketing to get people to feel a certain way about the show. If you take forty-seven, and they'll just be like, you know, we need the word, we need the word there to be just a little more, a little more, a little more there, a little there, like like this there. You're like there like no, no 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 there i'll wake up on a monday i have no jobs nothing scheduled i'm essentially unemployed and then i'll get an email at three o'clock saying hey we, we love you for this role that you got yourself a job it's terrifying and exciting at the same time
0: i want to thank you so much for joining us if you get a chance subscribe leave us a rating or a review we really appreciate it it really helps us out if you're a new listener Welcome to the show. If you're a long-time listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest has a voice that you've probably heard hundreds of times in movies, commercials, TV shows, you name it. Because as a voice actor, he does something that is very unique. It's not just voice acting, it's also psychological, because he specializes in promos this is voice actor brent allen hagel
1: is this something that you learn to do or you have it or you don't oh that's a good question um so i'm a voiceover actor i've been doing it for probably now 20 years it's something that i thought about doing listening to old-time radio and listening to these kind of golden voices Um, the era of the golden voice has kind of gone away to more conversational voices. So I would say this is the time where a lot of people are jumping into it because they're not looking so much for a golden voice. They're just looking for real people. Uh, the hardest part is figuring out how to turn it into a career because there's guys that have been doing it for 20, 30 years. Why would they ever hire someone, some kid who's 19 and says, I want to do voice acting. They're like, that's cool. That's cool kid. Like, you know. Go do 20 years of radio and then come back to me (laughs) because there's these veterans that, you know, I'm, you are direct. Once you want to get into voice acting, all of a sudden you are directly competing against people who have been doing it for 20 years.
0: And that is not an, I would imagine that is not an
1: easy thing to break into. They don't want you. No, no one needs another voice actor. There is people, there is every talent agency in Los Angeles and New York is overflowing with talent. There's roughly 500,000 active voice actors in America only right now with the internet, it's global. And there's bilingual people all over all over the world who can speak English, Spanish, French, whatever that are bilingual. And a lot of these castings now say, Hey, we're going to hire one person for English and Spanish. So if you can't do both, you're out, you're instantly out. So it takes acquiring very specific skills, and marketing those skills and saying, Look, this is what I do better than anybody else. Some people will get into it like I want to do video games and I want to do movie trailers and I want to do all these things. And that's great. But you really need to be known for a specific like like bullseye sort of sort of skill. And for me, that's my promo and trailer work. Like I said, it took me seven years of weekly training, going, getting in the glass booth with 12 other um, artists sitting the uh, sitting in the lot or sitting behind the glass with a uh, an engineer and a coach you know directing me going through NBC scripts CBS scripts old Fox scripts uh, you know TNT scripts all these scripts that collected from all these networks and going through them okay what is the brand of CBS what's the brand of ABC what do all these networks sound like because a fox drama is gonna sound a little bit different than a TNT drama like so you have to do all this research in like a marketing and branding to kind of find out the sound that the marketing agency um uh, wants that network to sound like so it's very much a marketing job and listening job as well and like when i got into it i did not really know all this i just thought the movie trailer guy was awesome i was like like how do i what does it take to be the movie trailer guy and apparently it's 25 years 20 years of really hard work that's <laughs> the answer to that it,
0: it's never as simple as it seems, right? Um, just because we're kind of on this right now, right? To understand that difference, could you give me like an example of saying, okay, this is Fox.
1: This is CBS. So uh, it depends on timing. So if you, if you even were to go back like five or seven years ago, it would sound different. But right now, uh, 2023, everything is very just the way we're speaking now very conversational they don't want any of this sort of thing any polish any push on the voice any sort of bigger than life feelings they want it to all just be your neighbor leaning over the fence telling you that oh there's this new drama on fox that is just crazy it's got all the action you want right and that oh hey i saw this new comedy on fox it's got all the action you want right so that right there would be the difference between a drama and a comedy very subtle but you see, in one of them, I'm smiling, and I'm warm and open. The other one, I'm very serious and straightforward. So it's these are all genre-based marketing shows. So I'm within the subtext of my voice. I need to tell you if it's a comedy, a drama, an action, um, a, a crime procedural sort of show. But you can tell of that within the tonality of my voice. ABC um, tends to be... A little, a little nostalgic. They still are a little bit warmer in their deliveries, uh, kind of a little bit more polished, a little more game show, a little more smile, a little bit this guy, you know. Hey, uh, whereas Fox is just super real, you know, super grounded. As far as they can get, maybe voice actors that are, you know, four or five years in their training, and and they can coach them through and, and get solid reads out of them, whereas ABC. Um, tends to go for more veteran voices. Um, that just kind of depends on the executives in charge of, of, of what they're after. But if you get into this business, all of a sudden you will start opening your consciousness and being aware of what you're hearing, because most of the time, most most the average American is not listening to a voice and being like, "Oh, I compare this voice with with FX Network." That's just not something you think about. It's just this voice that's coming at you through TV or radio, and you accept it for what it is, and you move on with your life. But for me and people that do my work, we're like, oh, man, I read for that, and I didn't get it. Who got it? Oh, man, he sounds great, or she sounds great. You know, oh, that's what I should have done. That's what they were going for. So every time we strike out, we learn what we should have done and what that network is going for.
0: Do you know what they're going for ahead of time, or is it just kind of, you're just like, I'm going to, this is what I think, and hope for the best.
1: Most of the time, they don't even know. They just send out a a script and they say, hey, we're looking for auditions for uh, American Horror Story 4. And that's kind of obvious because it's a, uh, you know, it's a a horror franchise. So it's going to be a little creepy. But, you know, if it's just a a random say, let's say a random drama and they just throw out a script for a random drama. Most of the time it'll just be like a line. Hey, this is a drama for FX. They won't, you know. They won't tell you like the exact tonality or male or female or anything. And then they'll throw it to all the talent agencies in uh, New York and L.A. um, And we all read for it. And then they don't really know until they listen back to it. um, The editors, producers, room producers, executives, and they say, that's our voice. Because they'll take it, they'll throw it into their rough cut, their rough. voice, Voice acting comes at the very end. The voiceover announcer is the last piece of the puzzle the video is there the music is there the sound design is there everything is already made and then they drop in that voiceover announcer at the very end and the it's simple simply as does this voice make our our piece better does it does it give it that wow and that pop to attract audiences and so they may they may listen to mm, they're pretty specific when it comes to the work i do they'll probably narrow it down the agents and managers will will kind of call uh, the auditions to maybe top five from each agency. Whereas the commercial world, they'll probably be submitting a hundred from each agency. And then they sit there and they, and they go through them and listen to them. Maybe they'll drop 10 into their finished piece and submit them to the VP of marketing. And they'll say, choose from these 10. We have a favorite, which is, you know, ABC and D. And then, but the, ultimately, it's a very high-level decision when it comes to choosing voiceover for a television show or a movie. It is ultimately a senior vice president or executive vice president of marketing that's making that call.
0: Is this the kind of thing, though, like do people notice? Would I notice, right? Like I'm going to watch first show for whatever reason that comes to my mind is Reno 911. Perfect. I have No, I have no idea why it's Reno 911. Yeah, it's right? like, a good example.: I'm going to watch Reno 911 because you voiced it, and not because somebody else voiced it. Like, does it have that level, even on like kind of a subconscious thing?:
1: You nailed it that's the word right there. It's all subconscious. This is subconscious marketing to get people to feel a certain way about the show. Uh, the tonality of the, in the subtext of the voices makes people feel a certain way. So they need to find somebody who, even if it's a straight voice, like Reno 911, you know, only on Comedy Central. Even that, it's, it's a male, growly, weighted voice. But in that little wink, on, on Comedy Central. I gave you a little bit of a, it's comedy. You know, I gave you a little lift. As opposed to Reno 911, only on Comedy Central. Like, a deadpan could also work for, because people know it's a comedy. Uh, but you wouldn't want to... You know, a romance voice or something like that wouldn't work. You know, and Reno 911 is so so applicable that you can do a lot of stuff with it and still convey uh, goofy action scripted comedy. Um, but yes, you know, in each each intellectual property, each piece has probably, like, you know, a range you could play with with how you deliver it but yeah that and you may they may pick somebody who has done a lot of comedies in the past based on their record and bring them into reno 911 because in this in the um subconscious of america they know that sound relates to funny
0: you're right right like i can tell a lot about a show or a movie or whatever like by the music and then yes, the voice perfect. at the end tells you, like, oh, that's what it's about.
1: Yesterday, I worked for Sega. Um, I can't say what the project was, but they wanted a 90s nostalgia vibe. And, and in that, you kind of have a little bit of this. You know, there's a little announcer, like, there's some micro-machines actually going on. But there's, a, you're definitely pushing on your vocal cords. You're being a character. You're being larger than life. Uh, but for me... Um, I would say I do Discovery Channel. I do DL- TLC. For, for Discovery, I drop it down here. And I give it more uh, more weight, make it deeper and more kind of aggressive and punchy. Whereas TLC, it's totally light and uplifting. And Like, I don't want to hurt anybody. I want everyone to be best friends. Like, <laughs> did you hear what she just did? Oh, my God, that was crazy. Right? But so it's very much a, phys- a physical character you're playing but behind a microphone. And then for Discovery, it's mostly adventure, action, cars, uh, rebuilding cars, uh, robots, things like that. So I just add the uh, gold gold mining, uh, just the aggression of kind of being out there and getting dirty um, and relating to, to our target demographic, our target audience. Kin dig customs, only on Discovery. Like that wouldn't have the same impact as kin dig customs, only on Discovery. You know, it's just, you have to, sell your audience and, and bring them into its world building, right? Bring them into the world of the show. Um, so each job, you kind of look at the brief and see, what is this? What are we making? What And who watches this? Who cares about this? Who is the number one fan? And uh, a piece of advice from the um, late movie trailer, uh, God, Don Fontaine said every piece of content or every show and every movie is somebody's favorite movie. So do that, your job as the voice actor is to do that piece of content justice and invite that number one fan into that world. And I think if I can give any voice actor a piece of advice, that is what I've taken. And I, I hold that true in every session that this is someone's like favorite thing.
0: Okay. So kind of in the, in the business aspect of it necessarily, right? You've got to do how many of these a year?
1: Hundreds or thousands. Yeah.
0: You've got to do that many to kind of make it financially viable.
1: Well, I would say probably about 0.01% of voice actors work in movie trailers. So there's probably 500,000 voice actors in America right now. It's probably 30 people who work in trailer. And probably of those 10 get a majority of the work. And then when it comes to promo which is being the voice, which is a trailer for a TV show, right? A promo, a promo is a trailer for a TV show. There's so many more networks, sports networks, uh, cable networks. There's two B, there's Freebie. There's all these things that there's probably, but even that's probably 0.1% of voice actors work in promo. It's a very kind of exclusive club because it takes the understanding of branding and marketing. And it also, you, we have to work in real time to audio beds, so we're not recording things and shipping it off. They are playing us a sixty second or thirty second track in our earphones, and we're watching a script and we're punching in lines. So it goes, it's a like we it says like it'll say music cue, and we hear music cue, and then it'll say actor dialogue. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Tyson says something, then boom, you punch and you say your line, and then sound effect gunshot, then you say a line. And then, so we're we're working in real time to audio beds, uh, via the internet, connected to studios. So it's a, kind of a very um, like a dance. It's a very skilled profession. That sounds really hard. Right? It is, like but it's got... a lot of fun. it's a lot of fun when you get good at it.
0: <laughs> but why do it that way? Why not just record it and then
1: edit it in? What's because the reason? Bo- that- because voice, out, voice actors are the last piece of the puzzle. Because oh, they, they want certain images, they want certain graphics, they want certain things because the image comes first. A, a promo person and trailer person needs to think like a video editor. What scene am I setting up? Is this voice leading into a gunshot? Is this voice leading into a car explosion? Is this voice leading into a kiss or a romance scene? Like how, how do I, you know, is it a rise or a fall? Is it Sunday on Fox or is it Sunday on Fox? You know, how, how are we playing this? So that's a conversation that you can have with the producer in real time. Okay, what, what is the scene? What are we doing? Uh, it's very much acting, right? So there's, but the world of voice acting, because I'm going to speak to the general audience who may be interested in this, is massive. You could be someone who is the voice of Nike and have a whole career. You could be the guy who just does the horror movie trailers. It's, you know, it says rated R and have a whole career. Or you could be the lead character in Activision video games, or even just a background actor in Act in World of Warcraft uh, games, and have a career. It really depends on what do you imagine for yourself. What makes you the happiest within this world? Some people do audiobooks, and they play fifteen characters, and within this audiobook, they have to have a narrator voice, a goblin voice, um, the female lead voice, like all these different voices, and. And you have to record for a month, every day. And remember all of these characters and do all these things. So, I give a lot of credit to the audiobook people and the Audible people because that is a marathon. So, it really depends on personality traits and, and desires as to what you want to do within this realm um, of voice acting. But if you really want it, I'm no one special. Like I'm just—I have no—I had no leads. I had no parents in the business I didn't have any sort of connections I just wanted it really bad and over time I met the people I took the workshops I paid for the classes I bought the gear and eventually I got there well, that's good advice <laughs> okay here, here I just
0: ask it super directly how much money do you make
1: oh well, yeah a comfortable six figures
0: okay that's good that's good money right it's a, it's Not a, crazy it's good
1: Yes. I don't make over a million a year yet, but there's a handful that do do a solid set multiple seven figures a year.
0: Now, is that dependent on like what you're doing? Like if you're the movie trailer, that's going to be the biggest one. Or can you kind of like what's generally if you were going to do this solely for making money is what's the avenue
1: that somebody would say like, oh, you should do this kind of voice acting. Depends on how you want to get your money. If you want to be a video game voice actor and make a lot of money, you'll have to go to Comic-Cons and do signings. If you want to be a voice actor that is known as a voice actor and tour all the Comic-Cons and go to all the conventions, you'll make your money mostly off of those in-person meetings and meet and greets uh, because the pay is screen actors Guild pay you will get uh i think it's like 1200 bucks a day or something that's your flat rate but you know if you work 100 days that year you made 100 grand plus your signings you'll probably make another 200 grand so you'll probably you know you'll be doing 400 400 grand a year as a famous voice actor quote unquote or you can get like on a show like simpsons who will pay you a hundred thousand dollars an episode it all depends on Kind of your contracts and who you are and how long you've done it. So there's really no set rule on that. Um, but if you look at the Screen Actors Guild rates for trailers, it's about I think eighteen hundred dollars or nineteen hundred dollars per trailer. They'll usually cut maybe five to fifteen trailers per film. So you could be doing um, you know ten to fifty thousand dollars a movie. Some years you may make fifty grand. Some years, you may make two hundred and fifty grand.
0: A lot of the questions that I was going to ask you kind of came in as listener-submitted questions. So are you ready for some harder listener-submitted questions?
1: Let's do it. Is
0: it, more, is it more about the voice or more about the acting?
1: Acting, 100%. Your voice doesn't even matter. It's the way you make people feel with your voice.
0: But what is it about your voice that makes people feel like that?
1: My ability to manipulate people's emotions. sinister laugh (laughs) that's what it is it's acting it's understanding what this show was about and who would like this show and what voice to use to convince them that this is the best show on television
0: then for voice actors right like how come that wouldn't translate into face acting or is it
1: because in face acting, you don't have to say anything you can just do like eyebrow lifts and like this sort of you know movements with your face and like oh give them a little like teeth or growl like there's all these like close up movements you can do just with face because the face is so expressive that um you could do so much with it, but in voice acting, we have to audibly do that um. <laughs> uh, and so even in my session yesterday, and I was like, let's go through levels of growl. Let's go through levels of scream. Let's go through levels of... And me and the producers, we just try it. Because, you know, this, we're not recording on tape. We have digital recording. The session could be as long as we want it to be, and we just take the good parts. So it really is... Uh, if you are an artist who is... willing, that, I would say the word artist at this point that is willing to come up with things that even the producers and creatives that wrote the piece couldn't think of, you will, be, you will be called back for the next project for sure.
0: Hardest category to kind of nail down? Easiest category. And I think they mean like genres, like is action easier than drama? Hardest genre, easiest genre.
1: Some people I cannot get a horror read out of them. Some people I cannot get a comedy read out of them. It just really depends on their personal uh, upbringing and, and ego and personality type to answer that question. But to answer that question, I would say double down on their emotional strengths. If someone is kind of a goofy comedian, um, double down on their ability to convey that through um, comedy promos. If someone is kind of shy and quiet they may lean more into suspense or um, kids shows. So it's really having t- meeting with somebody, giving them a stack of 10 scripts and saying, read this. And I could tell you exactly where they would, what they should be doing in the marketplace. So for me, the, probably the hardest to do, I, I it was easier for me to do uh, comedy and family in the beginning. Because I'm I'm a lighthearted person, um, I kind of like to joke and have fun, and so it was probably the hardest for me to do a horror read. But I could do next 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 episode of Friends on ABC. I could pull that out, <laughs> you know. But if you wanted to do next episode of Friends on ABC, you know that sort of growly darkness takes a while to learn. Um, having said that, there's going to be someone who is the best at each genre. There's the best action voice. There's the best comedy voice. There's the best animation voice. I'm talking about for promos and trailers at this point. There's the best reality TV voice. So there's all these different genres. So if you really like something, do your training, look at it, and say, okay, where can I realistically compete right now to make money today? And then have that as a place to make money, and then start expanding into your your workshops and your training to the other genres.
0: Is your voice insured?
1: It is not I looked into it no. do you feel like it should be <laughs> no, i don't I don't if if it went out, I would just do something else are odd
0: this is a little bit sarcastic of a question, I think, sure. but they're getting at something, right? Do you hate celebrity voice actors in the sense that like, oh, there's this thing, and they just cast Paul Rudd, right, or whatever, like do voice actors who specialize in voice acting? get annoyed that celebrities sometimes simply by being celebrities get some of the parts
1: the short answer is yes but when you're speaking to me i don't care because they're not going to get paul rudd to do a movie trailer
0: that's a good way of looking at it
1: but most voice most people that tell you they want to do voice acting want to be bart simpson or they want to be rick and morty most people want to be cartoon characters when you say someone oh i want to do voice acting they want to be a character in a video game they want to play the space commando or they want to play the bug or the the apple or whatever in a pixar film um so i could see why they would be upset because they spent you know they went to juilliard and spent eight years in training and they did all this stuff and then they just give it to chris pratt and they make him mario even though it's not italian or anything um so i could see where they'd be asked with that <clears throat> especially you know they went through all this time to get into SAG and do all this training, but at the same time, if they're good enough, they'll get cast for it. You know, and there's they're making so much content that you really can't focus on those, those, like something like that. Like you will find a job if you're if I call it winning on the battlefield. If you're good enough, and this comes down to skill, when they're casting, they will find the, the person that is right for that part. And you may not be right for that part, but you will find a job. Will, you will be right for something, something that you can't even imagine. Like, I'll wake up on a Monday. I have no jobs, nothing scheduled. I'm essentially unemployed. And then I'll get an email at 3 o'clock saying, hey, we, we love you for this role. That You got yourself a job. It's terrifying and exciting at the same time.
0: Who do you think is the best voice actor of all time?
1: The best. The best voice actor of all time is Frank Welker. Who's the voice of Megatron? Uh, is he Megatron, Megatron, yes, Megatron, Scooby Doo, um, all the you know shows from the 80s and 90s. He can make the sound of wind. He's that good. Like he is, he is, he is the best voice actor.
0: Is there anybody out like who else would you kind of put on that if you did like movies, video games, TV shows? Who else would you kind of put on? And if you're one of them, if you're the promo guy, like, look, I'm.
1: I would say, you know, Peter colon, uh, obviously for transformers, but I would say the best voice actor has to be somebody that has a really massive resume, which means they could do so many things. If you look at Frank Welker's re- uh, IMDB, it's just thousands of things. He can do, do so much. He's very impressive. And I, was, I know a lot of great, um, animation people and, in actors and video game actors. And they, they would say the same thing, hands down. Um, for movie trailers, it was Don LaFontaine. Currently, Howard Parker, um, who was who had kind of hold, is holding kind of that. When he passed, he kind of took the reins from that. Ashton Smith would be another great trailer uh, voiceover. Um, and I would say the trailer and promo is kind of kind of the same package. Um, and for animation, you know, of course, the cast of Simpsons is great. Um, I I don't really know the answer to that because I, my focus. I'm kind of a hyper focused guy. Like I don't if it's not my world, like you know I don't give it any attention.
0: What's the favorite? What's your favorite thing that you've done?
1: Probably my most recent work for the Arnold Schwarzenegger show, uh, Fubar. Uh, so I just did the trailer for them for for Netflix for Fubar which was so much fun because usually I have to be uh, a little bit more grounded, like, uh, you know, rated R coming soon. But for this, I got to be like, it's the best show on TV. Like, I got to, like, you know, bite into it a little bit, give it some growls and some, some action. Because uh, the script called for a 90s throwback trailer, which is, like, my favorite thing to do. Uh, and so I auditioned for it, um, and, and I got it. And then we probably had, I don't know, seven or eight sessions, and the client would come back with notes, hey, do this line again, or, or I gave them like just, you know, 5% different tweaks, like these these reads, like they want, hey, give me 5% more action, you know, and you have to, as a voice artist, you need to learn the the art of nuance is what I would call voice acting, right? The art of 5% up, 5% down, 10% up, 10% down, a little bit, 5%. It's like having a bunch of different dials in front of you. Growl, aggression, uh, you know, uh, romance. Look, like you have to crank all these dials to find like that perfect mix of what the show is, right? Um, and all these things, you know, you audition for it, you read it, and then you kind of forget about it. You know, because you have to, or else you're going to drive yourself crazy. So anytime I get an email or a phone call back saying, hey! client the client it's always the client which would be the studio the client loved your voice for this for this project we want to, we're going to move forward and we're going to make more pieces with you which which is you know how you earn the paycheck because most of the time we make no money and we just audition a majority of the of the days are reading scripts and sending them into the black abyss
0: <laughs> do people ever recognize the voice like you ever order in coffee and somebody's like what
1: no I would say that would come from somebody that is a famous character, like maybe King of the Hill, but a lot of voice actors, their performance voice is different than their speaking voice.
0: Where do you think the industry goes from here?
1: I think a majority of the work that is not character driven or high level will get taken over by AI simply due to people wanting to cut costs that's why it's so important for a voice actor to become known for something or very specialized in something that a computer could not copy or even if they wanted to they would have to pay you a licensing fee and you wouldn't have to work but they would pay you to use your voice like they license a hit song and they're they they learn you know It would be voice acting. Will probably start leaning into licensing more because we can record thirty minutes of our voice and the character, and they could use us for the entire show.
0: How would that work, though? Wouldn't you have to like record every word that they would possibly
1: use? Like, how does the AI algorithm creates it?
0: Oh, it can do. Is that how like Siri works? I always wondered if they just had Siri basically record every single possible word in the english language though yeah those
1: that. ai's are you know the technology has gotten so much better than since siri came around um i just did it last week for my own project that i'm working on uh they needed 30 minutes of me basically reading a book i just i just found 30 minutes of content that i uploaded and now uh if anything i type into it um it sounds very close to my speaking voice and it can spit it back within minutes and so now it comes time to, you know, how do you control this and license it? So it's not kind of just thrown out there into the internet highway, which is what the right writer, the writer's strike is about right now. You know, why, you know, chat GBT and all these AI things can write me a novel. That's a, that's a murder mystery novel with seven main characters where with a surprise ending that is based on Shakespearean plays and then, boom, you get a 300-page script that pump, that's pumped out within five, 15 minutes. And so, same with Voice. They have 30 years of Morgan Freeman doing movies. They can just upload all of that, all of those movies and data into a brand new script. And like have Morgan Freeman narrate the entire movie. So, it comes now it comes down to, we don't need to actually do the sessions anymore. It comes down to liken, likeness and trademark and licensing that's where it's going. I know people like to perform. Uh, it's fun to perform, but will the people writing the checks want to waste the time on the, on the care and the love of the performance, or are they trying to get a paycheck as quick as possible?
0: And this possibly on a lighter note, if you're familiar with this, how do you feel about the yes scene in toast
1: of London? Yes, (laughs) I did that yesterday, but the word was plus. The exact same thing happened to me yesterday, but the word was plus. I probably said the word plus seventy different ways. Plus, plus. Yeah, I did that. Uh, so I relate. Uh, but you know, ironically, uh, it's right on. Like, if you can't say a word like that and come up with fifty, sixty different possibilities to say it. They're not a good voice actor. Like a voice actor should should just be able to do it. Like if they ask me to do anything in the session, operatic, uh, quiet, loud, soft, uh, scream it, uh, whisper it. Like all these things should be all things that you in, intuitively know how to do. And our job is to please the client. So if, if within the sketch, his job is like, okay, I'm going to please the client. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as being like sarcastic and start talking back to him. Because I want the gig. <laughs> but I guess if you're in a certain place where you don't need the money, then you can start being sassy. Uh but it is very realistic as to what we do. Like you'll you'll be in a commercial session, it'll be take forty two. It'll be take forty seven. And they'll just be like, you know, we need the word we need the word there to be just a little more a little more a little more there. A little there. Like like this, there. You're like there. Like, no, 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 there. <laughs> and so they'll be just like these the advertising agency and the and the person directing it has a vision, and it's your job to to make it happen. As frustrating as it may be,
0: I wondered when I first saw that I was like, I bet that's real. That's right. I bet that's re- exactly how that really happens. Mm-hmm. Like, could you make that a little bit different? Um, that's pretty much all the questions we got, man. What's kind of coming up next for you? How can people find out more about you and that kind of stuff?
1: Sure, you can hit me uh, anywhere on the social internet webs at at trailer as in movie trailer, trailer V.O. Brent, trailer V.O. Brent, uh, Instagram, uh, tick And then, um, you know, LinkedIn, if you're a professional willing to connect, but, uh, you know, I really don't know. That's kind of the beauty of it is that every day I wake up and I have no idea what's going to happen. And yesterday I read for an upcoming, it was seven, no, 8 p.m. I got a text and they said, Hey, we need you to read on this upcoming Warner Brothers movie. So I just dropped whatever I was doing. I drove to the studio and I read for it. So I literally have no idea what's happening. <laughs> but the thing is, just be ready. Be good. Be talented. Be ready. Um, stay sober. and Because, you know, you never know when a phone call is going to come and you got to just instantly be able to perform. So I'm, you know, 15 minutes away from the next greatest gig.
0: I want to thank Brent so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him... We have linked to him on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, and we've also included his information in the episode description. I think one of the things that's really neat about this interview is that if you watch it, you can really see how his facial expressions change and how that changes his voice, or vice versa. I'm not, re- I'm not really sure... Which one of those comes first? But the YouTube version of this interview will be live on June 15th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay, now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. If you were to go back in time and talk to your younger self, do you think your younger self would listen to you?
2: No, because there were people like me trying to advise the younger john and he didn't listen to them then i don't think i would listen to me at all i don't really think that i would listen to older version of me either <laughs> which is
0: an odd thing to say it's like you won't even listen to yourself
2: you know i uh, for some reason this question gets brought up a lot uh just to, this very question, people ask you if you'd listen to your younger self, like, you know, would you go back? Would you you know, would you maybe listen to others? Would you do things differently? And I'm, I'm not trying to sound gloating, but uh, I, I had a lot of fun in my my quote unquote non responsible years. I don't think even if 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 I if me now were to pull the old John by the hair and like force him to listen, I still don't think the old John would have listened. I don't think the new John would listen. I don't think that you would listen to 60-year-old you
0: now. Well, See, uh, I would listen to 60-year-old me. 20-year-old me wouldn't listen to 35-year-old me, though. 35-year-old me would listen to 55-year-old me, though.
2: See, I, I think I would, too, though, but but I also think it's just because of, of where you are. Like, 55-year-old me, you know, my, my kids will be grown. Who knows where I'll be? Who knows if I'll be alive you know, like the 55-year-old you knows, knows things. You know what I mean? As where 35-year-old you is like, you're just, for most people, you're just hitting that part of your life, you know, where where you're, you probably have real responsibility. Now, nah, maybe not 35, maybe 25, 30. But all I'm saying is, is the older you get, I feel like the more experience and life experiences you gain. And that's where I would listen more. As where 20-year-old me is going to go 35-year-old. Me doesn't know anything i- I can kind of agree with that, but here's the other question: Could younger you take current you in a fight <laughs> would you lose a would you lose a fight to the younger version of yourself absolutely i was believe it or not, no one ever believes me when I say this, but I was much more aggressive as a younger person in much better shape stronger i I'm pretty sure the 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 younger me would kick the shit out of current me I think that current me would win but would
0: lose the next day (laughs) like I might win the fight but I would win the war like younger me would do way more damage to me like younger me would lose but recover by the next day and older me would win but basically be scarred for the rest of my
2: life younger you would be out drinking after the fight and then back at it the next morning right be ready for round two and older me would be done but I think
0: that older me would still be, could take younger me at this point.
2: I think older me would not even entertain it. Like if younger me came up and started talking shit or being dumb, I think older me would just, you know, brush it aside and tell this idiot to go away. I wouldn't even, wouldn't even cross my mind to get into a fight at this point. Would you
0: want to hang out with younger you?
2: I, would you like? Yeah, I, I cut you off because absolutely. I actually think younger me was a was fantastic to hang around with. I don't know what other people thought, but I thought I was pretty awesome. Younger you was fun, right? Maybe, maybe I've heard a little too much on the front end sometimes, you know. But once you got to know me, uh, you know, you you realize that I'm a loyal, caring person. Um, but I was probably a little much up front, especially in a bar situation.
0: Oh yeah, I remember the first time I met you. I thought you were an idiot. I was like, Jesus, this guy's an idiot. You were too. You were too upfront. You were. i like, You got to slow down a little bit, man. You can't go into everything a thousand miles an hour.
2: <laughs> I. That's the way. That's the way it was, man. That was. Uh, you know. You know my. Uh, I, I feel the need to tell the story, and uh, I'm going to tell it. But uh, so I like to. I like to do things. I like to host, right? So I've started hosting ping pong nights during the week. We're. Friends come over, we play ping pong. Well, if, if you had to bet money, say out of seven or eight guys, which one of them broke the ping pong table, who do you think it was? It's either you or Dante. <laughs> well, Dante, unfortunately, doesn't get here early enough anymore because of children. So it was me. But it was like the most ungraceful, pathetic breaking you could imagine. How did you break your own ping pong table? Did you fall into it like an idiot? Well, for one, it, it's not mine, which makes it even worse. Why but... is it
0: at your house then?
2: Because I need... borrow a ping pong table? Yeah, I needed a ping pong table and a, and a friend... How do you borrow a ping pong table? Like, hey,
0: can I borrow your ping pong table? Uh... Like saying borrow your bed to somebody. Hey, can I just borrow that for a little while? It's a big thing to borrow. It is not easy to transport either.
2: Well, it's it's not it's not a um, I'm not taking away from the ping pong table because I think this person may listen to the the podcast, Uh, but I will say that you you can fold it up into basically like two suitcase size rectangles and carry it. So is it a really nice thing because it's able to do
0: that or is it a piece of shit? (laughs) Because it could be either one, right? It could be really nice and you can make it that small or it could be a piece of crap and you can make it that small.
2: I, I I will, I will just say that it is not top of the line, but also okay, so it's a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> that. Uh, but regardless, anyways, I, I went, the, there's like two trellises and they're held up by a support bar in the middle on each end um, that practically, you know, it practically holds the table up. And I went for, for a ball and started to lose my balance. And I put my hands on the ping pong table and I broke both support bars. By me just putting my hands on the table. Mind you, I'm a big guy. I get it. But like, I, you know, I, let me just put it this way. When it happens, everyone in the room was like, what just happened? How did that, how did you break it? It wasn't like I went through the table. That would have been way better. Um, yeah. But anyways, I you should have. Should have sold it. Just <laughs> no, I actually got a hold of the company. They're going to send me the support bars. I'm going to fix it. Everything's going to be good. But no, uh, you're not. I That's am not, none of that. None of that. i no. I know that they're going to send you the. I'm sure you got a hold of the company. I'm sure that they're
0: going to send you the support bars. You're not going to fix it. <laughs> I have to fix it.
2: It's not it's my not ping gonna, pong table.
0: It's not going
2: to be a hundred percent. I can tell you that. But best I'm going to give you is 60 percent. No, I'm going to I'm going to make it a hundred percent. You know, but me breaking it did not ruin the night. One of the guys who was at my house, uh, is an engineer. He's fantastic. Um, he's like, do you have a two by four? So we cut the two by four to a certain length and used that as a choice, and we continued the night. So did you win? Uh, I'm middle of the road. I mean, I'm not one of the I'm not one of the best, but I'm I'm not one of the worst. Okay, all right. I mean, it's your house, so I think that you don't want to, you know, if you
0: invite everybody over and then just dominate them, then that kind of looks badly on you.
2: Yeah, that's that's not happening. Uh,
0: Can I tell you a story about my life over the last week?
2: Yes, please.
0: So I'm not advocating that people should do this, but I believe this is is something that I think had to be done. So I'm driving, and a guy's not going. I give him – so wait, let me start over. So I'm at a red light. Guy's not going in front of me. I'm going to say that maybe, maybe I could have been a little bit early. Maybe I could have been a little bit early. But I was justified, right? I might have been early, but I was justified. So he flips me off. Then he starts driving down the road. I start driving down the road. He then pulls over to the side of the road. Not like, let's go. He just pulled over. He was like checking his map. I noticed this, turn around, and come back, and confront him. Okay. So. Okay,
2: continue, please.
0: It it, it it ends there. It ends there. But this is my question and reason for telling the story. I don't think that people get checked enough in society anymore. I think that people need to be checked a little bit more. And that's really the reason that motivated me to go around, turn around, and do that. And be like, hey, man, <laughs> notice you flipped me off back there
2: because I honked at you because you weren't going on a green light. Well, for one, I, I don't know if that's smart, especially, I'm you know. Oh, it's not. It's not. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a feeling, though, so you're a calculated individual, so I felt like you probably sized up this person and knew that they probably weren't packing heat, though they could have been. See, could have been, but it is Seattle. Not the kind of um,
0: thing that's going to happen in Seattle. And Seattle is not a confrontational place, and I think that that is a problem with Seattle. There's not enough people that are, confrontational my, i think that people think they can get away with shit too much
2: and there's not enough checking in the world my other question is is how many seconds how long was it before you honked your horn because you've criticized me about the very same thing on this podcast i'm gonna give him three seconds but i was right behind him i'm gonna give him three three to five Boy. three to five seconds Clearly, was just trying to check his map, and you interrupted that. Oh, sorry? No, drive the car, right? If you're not going to be prepared to drive the vehicle, then don't be driving the vehicle. Don't be
0: checking your map as an excuse. That's not an excuse. Everybody does it, but you can't, like, hey, I was looking at my phone. That's why I
2: didn't go. Well, that's not a reason for not going and driving. Well, and was it a map on his phone, on his dashboard? It wasn't a paper map. I have no idea. He just wasn't going. I don't know what he was doing. Well, next time, I think what you should do is just run into the back end of him. Just give him a rear Well, see, what I really should do is I should pull up in front of him
0: and then slam on my brakes. Because if somebody rear ends you, it's their fault. I don't want to rear end him. It would be my fault. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Wow, yeah. I just think, look, I I think that there's not enough. There's not enough. I think that people think they can get away with stuff. And every once in a while, you got to remind them that, like, there's repercussions for that. You flip somebody off, they might show up at your house.
2: (laughs) Wow, you really took that to the next level. Um I went to the next level. I, may, I mean, I mean I took it too far. Yeah, that's uh, felt, I feel pretty good about it. All right, well let's feel good. Let's give some shout outs, huh? On our on our socials, which it's it's always good. Socials are social media, I'm starting to come around on it a little bit. You know what I mean? I've always been kind of against it, but uh you know, you know, coming around. It came out in like two thousand four, man. <laughs> This is 20 years
0: later. You missed the bus.
2: Listen, I've had, uh, you know, I, I, want, I, I want to say that I had one of the original Facebook accounts. You don't have to tell me about it, all right? I get it. I still, to
0: this day, I don't go on there very often. And even though we have a Facebook account for the show, it's really not even running anymore. But I still type the Facebook. Well, that's also because you're from Kansas. Uh, or- that's what it was originally called, the Facebook. It was www.thefacebook.com, and I still type that.
2: I remember when you had to have a, an educational email to, you know, have an account. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And I I was a freshman in college, sophomore in college. Anyways. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's start here. Trinity Danielle. Uh I like Ho- that name. Jorge Guerrero. Tomas Tamang. Ryan Mara. Jonathan Garrison. Ivan Lopez. I don't know why, but when I... Said this name, Ivan, for some reason. Just seems like a good name. It's Ivan. It's like a Russian-Mexican.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, Ivan Lopez. <laughs> the Russian. That's, if, if if I was him, I would have people call me the Russian-Mexican. I'm Ivan <laughs>
2: Lopez, the Russian-Mexican. That's actually, I mean, maybe that's his handle. So I don't bad. know. Uh, Jeff Kennard. Evan Braun. Wyatt Novak. And Ty Venturini. Okay. Ty, I, I'm I'm not against Ty, you know. I'm not against the name Ty, but it's I feel like you know if you're going to be a Ty, you have to wear a cowboy hat and be in a country music. Just how I feel. How does he spell it? How does he spell it? Just T Y. Oh. Okay. Is there? <laughs> I did You were just wondering. There, there was not, nothing behind that. Just, uh, just wondering. I just never really. I I was
0: wondering how they spelled it, and then I realized I don't know really how anybody else spells it. T Y E maybe.
2: I'm, yeah, T-Y-E-T-Y-T-A-Y. Anyways, uh, let's see. That would be Tay. Tay-Tay-Tay-Tay. tay tay <laughs> Uh Anyways, um, okay. I had a way too long of a debate about this uh, a couple of days ago. So this is just a question for you. Uh, is soft serve ice cream? Well, I guess it's a two-part question. For one, is soft serve ice cream the dominant ice cream? No. Okay, then is it overrated as an ice cream in the ice cream world? No, it's ice cream, and all ice cream is good. But I also don't really look at soft-serve
0: ice cream as the same as regular ice cream. I don't look at it as being quite the same thing. It's like an unknown product. Soft-serve ice cream is the hot dog of the ice cream world.
2: You're not really sure what it is. Like, you kind of know what it is, but you're not really sure what's in there. (laughs) Huh. I I don't think anyone that's listening to this episode nor uh, including myself has ever heard of soft serve being compared uh, or, or being called the hot dog of the ice cream world. Do you know what's in it?
0: Like, I don't know what's in hot dogs. I don't know what's in soft serve ice cream. I mean, I figured they're both delicious, but a little
2: bit suspect. I mean, I just figured soft serve ice cream is cream, water, you know, it's just ice cream, but it's softer. Right. But I think it's a totally different thing. So what you're saying is it's it's like processed meat. Why meats. don't you – look, nobody knows what's in it. I'm going to look this up while you go on to the next question. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if you can keep uh, two and two straight, which you should be able to. But we'll we'll see. I don't need you flipping me off and then confronting me. I'm going to come after you. In a vehicle. Uh, which kind of leads me to my second question, and that is do you think uh, that, we, that you or I – Probably you, because you'll probably live longer. Uh, Will ever see the day where gasoline motors are practically non-existent? Well, I think if we live, I, I think if we live till twenty forty, I think we would. Now, so two parts to this question. Obviously, EVs are the first thing to take over, or, or take the reins, so to speak, as the vehicle of the future. But do you ever think flying vehicles are a realistic possibility in our lifetime? No, not really.
0: I think technology moves really slowly until it doesn't. I think that things like it goes really slow. There's this technology that you're going to hear about forever. We actually have our next episode, if anybody's listening to this. Our next episode has an artificial intelligence safety expert Ooh. coming on, and he talks about this a lot. Hey. He's like, oh, technology accelerates, and then all of a sudden you're like, what the
2: fuck? Yeah. Haley Joel Osment in the house. Let's go. What? You don't remember the movie AI starring Haley Joel Osment? No. no, oh, well. No, completely forgot about that. Like his career. Um, all right. Let's see a uh, pretty good showing this week on Twitter for a Twitter poll. This is the one of the higher vote counts we've had in, in the last recent memory. Ooh. Um, uh, by the way, did you ever get the question of what soft serve is? No, I'm looking at it now. And... It contains the exact
0: same ingredients as regular ice cream but it comes from a machine that results in a smoother texture. The machine incorporates more air and doesn't allow the ice cream to harden as much. So it's actually exactly the same as ice cream. It's
2: just made differently. So they say... Yeah. yeah don't trust those motherfuckers. There's those hot dogs in your mouth. Uh, all right, so our choices this week. Of course, the one that... I think people are trolling us, which is fine because maybe us uh, sounding like complete jackasses... Uh, is what they want to hear. Um, so here were the choices that didn't win. One, Adam Hadwin. He was a golfer this week. Um, or he's a golfer this week. he was a golfer uh, this past weekend at a tournament in Canada. The winner was celebrating, and he went to go celebrate with the winner. And he was tackled by security because they didn't know who he <laughs> was.
0: <laughs> That's what
2: security's supposed to do, man. You can't be mad in that situation,
0: <laughs> right? Uh, sh- yeah.
2: Doing my job uh i thought this for sure would win but this actually got five percent of the vote uh and that was conor mcgregor's uh conor mcgregor conor mcgregor knocking out the miami heat mascot did you see that video no but i have my doubts on if that's real or not i don't even need to see it (laughs) well i i can tell you in in terrible description that he fires a right hook at the at the mascot i mean it looked it looked rough The guy goes down, and then if you ever seen the UFC, like when a guy's on the ground and they start punching him in the face with like a backhanded, closed fist, he did that once to the mascot, but like it looked like full speed. And, um, anyways, apparently he sent the mascot to the hospital and and everything else. So, um, yeah, he's gonna pay for that, but that's
0: probably good publicity (laughs) for everybody, right? Like, yeah, I don't, whenever the celebrities get involved in things like this, I don't really believe any of it's true,
2: not really. Yeah, you you've always said that like that you don't think it's you know you don't buy it so to speak. It's always staged or something.
0: But if yeah, I think that it's always staged. I think the relationships are mostly fake. I
2: think all of that stuff is fake. But you're Conor McGregor, though. I mean, you don't need it, right? I mean, you're a a, a billionaire. You don't need the publicity. You're just can you name a celebrity? And I I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, somebody who has been in the spotlight for negativity more. In the last five years or decade even than him. I mean, every time it turns around, it seems like Conor McGregor hit a woman. Conor McGregor punched a guy out at a bar, knocks out a mascot. It's like, get it Always control, doing something. Bud. Like,
0: Yeah. I c- that much negativity? Well, I mean, Kanye West. Right, yeah, for sure. I would say him I is just, probably a little bit different. Like, less physical violence, more... Just kind of causing
2: problems. (laughs) It's just, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's just because I don't really like him in general. And if you're listening to this, don't come to my house and confront me in your vehicle because I won't get out uh, because I know you'd kick the shit out of me. But uh, I just, I'm just done with him, man. Go away. Either fight or go away at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that he was a really big star for a while and then kind of dropped off after people were like, okay, we're a little bit sick of this stick. Yeah, Whatever. I don't know anything about it? Good. Good for him. Good for the mascot. I'm sure he's going to get a
2: nice paycheck off of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something, right? Everybody's uh, win-win. So, what one? Um, and of course, I, I, I've, I don't, I've never heard of these two people, uh, but it was trending, and I was like, "Oh, this. Who knows? We'll learn something." So, uh, Don Bell won. D o n b e l l e Have you ever heard of that before? New. No. Is it well, a person, thing, place, or location? It's uh, Persons, and apparently Bell. it is the uh, combination of Donnie Panelinan and Bell Mariano. They are uh, a, a man and woman. Um, they're Filipino, and apparently they are just huge over in Asia. Uh, they've been in a couple okay. of movies together. They released some songs um the reason why they were trending this past weekend into this week is you know they're releasing like they, they were they're gonna they're releasing another song when they're doing a tv show but uh for those of you who don't give a shit about this we'll move on in a second but i found it interesting uh one of their songs was called bubblies so all of their fans refer to themselves as bubblies don bell's bubblies that's the name of the fan group
0: i mean it's better than some of them there's some pretty bad fan group names out
2: there right well, I gotta tell you, uh just going back, so Taylor Swift was in Detroit this past weekend, okay, and you know the concert Swifty no, I did not. I'm not saying I, I don't dislike her music. I think she's a great role model. I think she's done wonderful things uh you know in her life, whatever um however, I mean, people waiting out like Thursday, they opened up the merchandise uh booth outside of the arena, and there was people outside. At 4 a.m., waiting to get a $50 t shirt. To me, that seems a little much. Yeah, I've never, I don't think that I would wait in line for anything. I
0: don't, I don't really don't, not, not like for tickets to get. I would wait in line, but I wouldn't get up early to go to anything like that unless it was like one of my kids' dreams. Yeah. Then I would do it. Otherwise, like, nah. I just you know let's see i think those are people who are buying them and then selling them to somebody else i think that's a profit for profit thing they're not there because they really care i think they're buying those and then they sell them to other people later
2: i i don't know i mean some you know obviously for those of you who are first-time listeners i work in the news business and some of the people we talk to i mean they came from all around the world i don't know why they picked detroit and i i mean i don't believe they would have lied to our reporter um like one one couple was from the dominican another couple was from croatia they just couldn't get tickets to any other show, but they could get tickets to the Detroit show, though, so they came to see Taylor Swift, and it's like, I just, I, I, good for her, I guess, but it's, it just seems absurd to me. You've never gone to another state or city for a concert? I have. Uh, well, no, let me rephrase that. I've never gone for one act. I've gone to music festivals, mm. but I've never traveled to see, well, that's kind of a lie. I guess I've been to Toledo, Ohio, which is like just the other (laughs) side of Michigan and Ohio border to see a couple of people, but that's it. Like
0: that's it. They were coming to Toledo, Ohio, but weren't going to go to Detroit. (laughs) Well, they were like, no, fuck it. (laughs) We're not going into Detroit. We're stopping at Toledo.
2: Well, for like one of them, they were playing in Detroit, but it was $30 cheaper to go see them in Toledo. So that's why we did that. There you go. Right. How much you spend on gas to get there? (laughs) It's like forty miles. It's not that bad. Mm, there and back. Time lost. It's actually probably cheaper to go to Detroit. But anyway, yeah. Anyways,
0: got to think big picture, man. You got to think the whole scope. Can't just look at one narrow little slice of the pie. You got to look at the whole thing. All right. Are you done lecturing?
2: I am. Yeah. Go
0: ahead. No. No. Oh, I- is it my? Oh, is it done? I'm done. Okay. So our top five is top five animated TV shows.
2: What's your number five? First off. I realize that I'm going to piss off a lot of people with with, with my list. Maybe you it's too. It's a competitive list. It's a competitive list. As long as you don't say anything ridiculous, there's a lot <laughs> of things that you can put in there. I think there's a clear number 1 though. I am not sure that there has been a tougher top 5. We could we could make this top 15 if we really wanted to. Um Yeah, you could push it out. You could push it out pretty easily. This this is by far like I, I have probably 30 shows right now. I'm not even I, I haven't really even come up with a list. I, I don't know what to do. So I had a lot of trouble deciding
0: between certain shows, so I looked at shows that I would say that like they kind of changed things. They weren't just yeah. a good show, but they set a new level of like what animation is possible of or launched a genre. Well, So anyway, just, just well, number
2: five. Well, I'm going to start here. My number five, I'm going to go with Pokemon. I don't think that that's a great TV show, though. I don't... I mean well known yeah but i wouldn't say that it's good i so i'm not necessarily going for what what the show did in terms of what it did for animation or the genre um my shows are more based upon longevity what the, what they did how much you know how much money i think they made you know the icon i'm about to make up a word here the iconicity
0: okay <laughs> that's it's worth oh,
2: for pokemon as, as as i seem to always include them on my top 5 for whatever reason um, it's still going. It's, it has as much interest, if not more, now. It's popular around the world. Um, I mean, it's it's spawned obviously the video games and movies. It's you know it's it's that's why that's some of the reasons why it makes number five on my list. I wouldn't put that personally in the top fifty, but that's that's just
0: me. I mean, I wouldn't put it. You put that's it right. in number five. I wouldn't put it in the top fifty. Maybe not even in the top 100. Um, No, I would put it in in number 76. Okay, all right. What's your number five? Uh, My number five is Star Wars Clone Wars. Not The Clone Wars, but Star Wars Clone Wars, which was the original one that was like a series of a bunch of five-minute episodes that was amazing. It, It was like what Star Wars could really be. It was amazing.
2: It was incredible. I I'm, I'm not I'm not going against what you're saying um but in terms you've never seen it have you I've never seen it no but in terms to me I mean how popular was it it's that's a that seems like a niche thing to me no it was incre it was one of those things that it was an appointment
0: television okay. like you waited and watched to see when that episode was coming out it was I think it was came out in 2003 or something like that it was like whoa and you can go back there and still watch it, and you're still like, whoa, that's pretty good. It really showcased what Star Wars could be.
2: Okay. I mean, I know a lot of the characters that came out of that show now are, you know, they were featured in the movies, but they didn't have big roles, right? And now they're kind of branching out and getting roles through other media. It introduced General Grievous. And when they introduced General Grievous,
0: you were like, holy crap. It was, it was, it was. Well
2: done. It was good. It was good. All right, my number four, uh, I'm gonna go with family guy. All right. once again. okay. not not gonna Whoa. not gonna break any kind of animatronic animated uh, records in terms of what they do, but you know, it's it, like probably my my four, my top four um, they've survived. They've adapted. And they're as popular now as they were 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I don't have Family Guy on
0: the list only because I think there's another show that's similar to it that is way more influential.
2: Um, My number four is Avatar The Last Airbender. So I I had never seen it. Uh, However, I did collect the cards from the show, which made no sense. Um, I have it on my honorable mention just because – I know how influential it was, but I, I couldn't tell you exactly. I mean, what's about a bald-headed kid, and it's about the Avatar. He's the last <laughs> Airbender. <laughs> Ninja's he goes things. and they say he has to save the, he has to save the
0: world from the Fire Nation. It actually probably has one of the most heartfelt messages of any animated show that I've seen. I still think about Uncle Iroh. Uncle Iroh was a fan. Uncle Iroh was Bandit Healer before Bandit Healer.
2: I'm sorry, did you say Uncle Iro?
0: Uncle Iroh. Oh. General Iroh, the Dragon of the West.
2: Got it. He's a great role model. I, I have absolutely no idea what you're referring to. but um, Right. So my number three, I have two at my number three. They are both kids' TV shows. But I felt like the list had to have kids' TV shows on it just because it needs it. So my number three is a combination of the Bugs Bunny Show, like Looney Tunes from the early 90s, and Coco Melon. I've never actually seen Coco Melon. I hope to never ever see Coco Melon. So it's obviously a newer show, right? So all of us 30 year olds, 40 year olds, 20 year olds that have kids know what it is, uh, which you should know what it is, but it's fine. Um, but if you look every year, at least the last five years, I'm going to say that Coco Melon has dominated the downloads like it's usually the oh yeah top, it's using the top 5 shows on Netflix um you know it's obviously on ABC it's it's that And Looney Tunes I mean it's just Looney Tunes is so influential I mean how many characters have spawned from it you know it's you know it, it, it's Looney Tunes for us was like um like today's Coco Melon I feel hmm I could see that so
0: my number 3 My number three. I was originally going to do a tie between Rick and Morty and Adventure Time, but instead, I'm going to do a tie between Batman: The Animated Series and X Men.
2: 90s era cartoons that were like, whoa, those were good. So I I have I have both of those on my honorable mention, just because I felt like you can't put one on with like what you did. Like I couldn't put one on without the other. But I wasn't I wasn't going to put both of them on, you know, filling up a spot, but. I mean, that's, I mean, once again, look what they've turned, look what they were before, and look what they've continued to do in, in terms of just keep that those franchises going. They really launched it. I remember Batman, the animated series. That was like you came home and you watched that. Yeah. I and mean, then on
0: Saturdays, you watched X Men. So good. Uh, all
2: right. So my number two
0: Who was your favorite? Who was, I want to see if you're a poser or not. Who was your favorite mutant? Who was your favorite mutant?
2: Um, I mean, I, I was always the uh, the big blue guy. Um, he, he's played <laughs> by Kelsey Grammer in the movies. Beast, I think, okay. Beast. How do you not know which one Beast
0: is? That's the one that you should be able to like. Oh, I know which one that one is. What? Well, know the giant blue
2: one. I know he's Cyclops. Like I know. I know Professor. I think I feel like Professor X is the most notable X Men. Either that or Cyclops. Or Cyclops. Yeah. Or Storm. Because of- Halle Berry. was up? Halle Berry. yeah
0: probably Professor X is the most well Wolverine is the most recognizable X-Men
2: uh, I mean maybe I don't I still think uh, maybe that should be a top five if you really want to piss off some of our fan base we should know do- it has to be Wolverine. I mean there's only one that they made a bunch of movies out
0: of It's Wolverine I
2: don't, I don't Hugh Jackman never liked you
0: you know Wolverine is actually supposed to be like five foot three it's supposed to be a little dinky tiny guy <laughs> Uh, Isn't okay, it? what's your number, what's your number, did you already do your number two?
2: No, my number two, so, this is tough, this might be the toughest one-two decision I've had to make, okay. uh, during our top fives, episode, what is it, 254 now? Uh, it's up there. my number two, I'm gonna go with The Simpsons.
0: You're gonna... I know. Okay. I know. That's, I. Okay, I think I know what your number one is. That's not correct. If that's what you, I'm thinking, your number one is. My number two is SpongeBob SquarePants. That's huge show. I don't. I mean, it's a good show. It is a good show, but it's massive. That's
2: still going on. That's still got cultural relevance. I mean, I I I considered putting that or Scooby Doo on my top five, uh, but obviously I went with the other two kid shows instead. But yeah, I mean, the thing with the Spongebob to me is it's fine. And obviously it's it's withstood the test of time, but it's there, it's just annoying to me. Patrick's annoying. Spongebob's kind of annoying. Just never get into it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of all supposed to be
0: like that a little bit. <laughs> I think that's the whole point.
2: Uh, Yeah, okay, so
0: I'm going to guess what you're – no, just go ahead and tell me, right? Well, would we probably have the same number one?
2: one, I would think. No, not at all. Uh, so my number one is South Park. My number one is Simpsons.
0: I think I could agree with you that South Park has been better for longer, or at least maintained the same level of goodness. But I think the Simpsons is the Simpsons. You don't even have the South Park on your top five? No. Oof. I I don't even know what network it's on. Like South Park is a good show, but I've I haven't watched it. South Park is an episode that everybody maybe knows of, but very a much smaller proportion have
2: ever actually watched an episode. See, I, I disagree with you. I think I uh, you know uh, well I don't know if I did uh, yeah. comparing it to the Simpsons. I, I feel like they're like I said. I feel like they're neck and neck. Yes, the Simpsons kind of broke the mold. And prove that you could be an animated TV feature show for thirty years, uh, but South Park you know pushes the envelope every season, and the fact that you know the the fact that they've literally have taken four kids' characters and have turned them into global icons is insanity to me.
0: I think that South Park is the more popular show now. And is probably the better show now, but it's just not The Simpsons. Simpsons is the original. Without them, there is no
2: South Park. Right. That's the thing. I I don't disagree with you. I I guess I'll say personal preference. I'll put South Park uh, above The Simpsons. Okay. A study
0: of TV ratings has found that South Park's most recent seasons average out at .65 million viewers per episode. So I guess that's 650,000 people. I'm going to look up The Simpsons while you go
2: through what your are um, oof. honorable there's, mention there's plenty. There's plenty so ton. Get ready. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. So we'll start King of the Hill. Uh, the Batman anim- animated series, uh, Ren and Stimpy, mm. X-Men, uh, Scooby-Doo, Rugrats, SpongeBob, Daria, Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, The Tick, uh, Naruto, uh it's Naruto. Naruto. Same thing. Uh The Jetsons, DuckTales, Paw Patrol, Bojack Horseman, which is a fantastic show. Really, you know, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh Beavis and Butthead, Doug and Bluey.
0: Mmm. Bluey to me is one of the best new shows, but it's not old enough yet to be on an honorable mention for myself personally. Simpsons draws an average of one point nine five million viewers, so about two million viewers. So it's essentially three times bigger than South Park. Now, some of that is probably because it's on broadcast, absolutely, as I, opposed to cable. But South still, Park I mean, is Simpsons on still is a much bigger show.
2: I, I'm not debating. I'm not debating which show is bigger. I mean, I uh, I, I think the Simpsons is pr- probably more of a viewership, but however right it's on broadcast it's not on cable and the characters i would argue to say are just as iconic as the simpsons you can name me all four boys and most people can name me all four boys i feel like you're going to struggle on the five simpson uh, members of the you know at least two of them
0: what no homer marge lisa bart and maggie OK, I mean, and South Park is I c you can name. I think that if you got most people, they can name more Simpsons. Well, I don't know. Maybe not now. No, most I most people our age could probably name more Simpsons characters in South Park
2: characters. I don't think so, man. I think I think Maggie and Lisa are going to throw you for a loop as where Kyle, Kenny, Stan and Cartman are pretty, pretty easy to remember.
0: This this is the point of the show where I also bring up that John thought that Bob Ross was not going to be remembered, even though his show has been running for 40 years, and that he
2: puts ketchup on barbecue. I never said that, you know, that I, I put ketchup on barbecue, but it is a good added substitute if you're if you're looking for anything <laughs> and you're out of everything. So I don't recommend it, but it is there in case of emergencies. Um... Yeah, I can't really okay, I don't watch South Park. And
0: off the top of my head Kyle, Cartman, Stan Kyle, Cartman, Stan. Who's the Kenny? Is the fourth yeah, one. Yeah, see? There's is Chef still on there. Uh no, I don't no. think so. It kind of um, fell off. Um Mr. Hat? <laughs> yes. Mr. Hat,
2: who's the teacher?
0: Um, See right there, man. Like I am fully aware of South Park, but I can't
2: name Well, we're not we're not talking about the, than... the supporting characters. I I think anyone between now, between the ages of twenty-one and forty five, should be able to name the nine characters from the nine main characters from both shows. If you can't Yeah, if, I'm sure they they could. If you, yeah. if you can't do that, then you need to learn them. However, I think if you were to quiz a hundred people. They're gonna get South Park more than they are gonna get the main characters of the Syndrome.
0: Uh, I would disagree with that. My other honorable mentions: I have Doug on there, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Oh yeah, you can't, man! You can't forget those. Those are also possibly top five contenders. Animaniacs.
0: Mm, that two, was a good show. That was a show that was like, but it was better. It was a good, well done. Powerpuff Girls.
2: Yeah, Power I Puff guess. Powerpuff Girls was a
0: big show. Powerpuff Girls was a big show. Um, I had Adventure Time. I never gave a shit about the Flintstones or the Jetsons or Scooby Doo or any of those other ones, but I did like Looney Tunes and that kind of stuff.
2: I mean, it's it's kind of like legacy at that point, right? I mean, th- those shows paved the way for a show like The Simpsons. You know, well, maybe not The Simpsons, but well, maybe, yeah, maybe. What? Okay,
0: how many episodes? What year? And how many episodes into The Simpsons are we? And we'll end
2: on that note. Well, um, let me hold on one second. I might know. No, don't look it up. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to say they're on year 33. Okay, that is correct. Yeah, because I I know the year it started. Uh, Now, in terms of episodes, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I I don't even know if I'm that smart to do that much. I'm going to say 950. 750, which I would give you the, to be
0: pretty close, right? Like, once you get up that high, it's not that different. If you go back, for younger viewers, if you go back and look at just some Simpsons episodes in the 90s, they were good. There were some really good ones in the 90s. It, and then they really piddled out for the last 23 years. But
2: Here's, here's the last thing I'll say about, about cartoons, specifically uh, like The Simpsons is back in our day, which wasn't that long ago. Like, if there was a special, like the Simpsons used to do the Halloween special. Like, you made sure you were there to watch it. Nowadays, what show does that? What show has the pool to say, like, yeah, on Christmas, we're going to have a big animated, you know, show? None of them that I know of. No, nothing. I mean, listen, if you're, no. if you're an animator out there and you're listening, let's do that. You will get people to watch, for God's sakes. I'm one of them. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a quick review. Doesn't have to be anything big, just a couple of quick words really helps us out. And let us know what you think are some of the best animated TV shows. I think that Simpsons has to be number one just because of its widespread influence. But other than that, man, there's like 10, 15, maybe even 20 shows that you could make a strong argument that belong in the top five.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s.